Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I want to speak into uh, what God's doing in this church at this time. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who uh, still speaks today, that you're a God who uh, is faithful in every season. Lord, we've been singing today. We've been reminded about the fact that, um, Lord, you cannot be shaken and that when our faith is in you, our faith cannot be shaken. And Father, today we reprioritize our faith. We reposture and position our faith on you and your word today. Lord, we build our house upon the rock today of your word, not upon the shifting sands of culture, not upon the shifting sands of feelings, not upon the shifting sands of even circumstance, but upon you and your word. And I pray that this word would bring clarity, it would bring encouragement, it would bring conviction, and that God, you would build up and you would strengthen and you would do great and mighty things in this church and in our lives through your word today we pray and if you believe it amen john chapter 15 verse 1 john chapter 15 verse 1 um uh those of you who were a part of activate when uh, my wife and i had the privilege of leading the church uh would uh, have heard me speak many times on different things uh there may be one or two things that you hear today you go i've heard that before i really felt like the lord wanted me to say to you that he wanted to stir you up by way of reminder sometimes we don't need a new word we need to obey the last word we got And it's not that there's going to be some things that aren't new today, because there will be, but there are other things that I felt like, you know what, Um, I I really sense in my heart like your leader, uh, your, your pastors are speaking words in season to you already as a church. And what I want to do is I want to come and remind you, I want to come and clarify some things that God wants to come and affirm and encourage and build up so that you can just launch forward and embrace what God's already saying rather than saying, oh, there's a new word that I've got to now think about. You understand what I'm saying? So John chapter 15 verse 1 says this, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes or he cuts that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide or remain in me and my words abide and remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Someone should just be getting up excited right about now. That's an amazing verse. By this, by this, what is this, Jesus? By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. 
I want to speak to you about pruning, preparation, and productivity. The seasons of pruning, the seasons of preparation, and the season of productivity. Um, As some of you know, when I was a teenager, I found myself quite reluctant uh, around this idea of the call of God to preach and to lead. And, um, and my parents would tell you, I really didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, I wanted to travel the world, uh, win races, make a million bucks, and, uh, and live, the, live the dream. Uh, anyone else think that sounds all right? And so uh, that's what I wanted, but apparently God had another idea. And, uh, and, and I sort of tried to do all I could to run away from that call. And that took me into lots of different uh, journeys and adventures. But when I finally surrendered my will to what God was asking me to do, because ultimately you do have to surrender your will. God is not going to make you conform to His will. You're not a robot. You, robot. you have to come to a point of acknowledging that, uh, God, I partner with what you are doing in my life. And, and so when I finally surrendered, instead of being reluctant, it was like 180 degrees and now I was zealous. And so, uh, so zealous, I can remember uh, turning up to my senior pastor's office at that time and uh, I, I basically, in a roundabout way, not directly, but in a roundabout way, I basically said to him uh, all the reasons why he needed me on his team uh, because I, I'm just here to help. And, 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 and now that I've answered the call of God and, and I'm going to do what God wants me to do, I'm, I'm all in. And so let's do this. And he just smiled at me with pastoral eyes and years of pastoral wisdom. And, 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 and he said, listen, son, I think that you should become an intern at our church. And I said, in my mind, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus, because everybody knows what an intern is. It just means hard work. And so no one wants to do hard work, a ministry hard work. And so uh, I went home and I said, God, the pastor's got it wrong, but apparently God agreed with the pastor. It's amazing that sometimes God actually agrees with the senior pastor in what, they, in what they're sharing with you. And, and, and I came back to the senior pastor and I said, uh, uh, about that internship thing, I think God could be in that. And I signed up and I became an intern. And uh, my first ministry was the chair ministry. Has anyone ever been given the responsibility of the chair ministry? It is such an important ministry. And, and, and after about five minutes of the chair ministry, I knew that God was calling me to another ministry. And I'm like, there's got to be another church somewhere that can give me what I'm looking for here. And so I remember setting up these chairs at Forest Hill Shopping Centre and uh, for the young adult service on a Friday night, we would meet there every week or every fortnight. And and, uh, I said to God, God, I said, I thought you called me to be a prophet to the nations. I mean, even my mum told me I was going to be one. And, 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 and everyone knows when your mum, mum, your mum is like the fourth person in the Godhead. And when your mum says something over you, it's like it's the word of the Lord. And so I'm like, Lord, you told me, my mum told me that I was going to be a prophet to the nations. And here I am prophesying the chairs. What the heck is going on? And I felt like the Spirit of God just spoke into my spirit and said, Son, ministry to the nations begins with ministry to the chairs. Set up the chairs. 
Because tonight there's going to be young adults and there's going to be people, precious people that I love, that are going to sit on those chairs and are going to hear a message and are going to encounter me and it's going to change their life. And as I look back at that season of my life, I realize that many of us, all of us, have dreams for our lives, our family, our kids, our futures, that often seem so far away from the reality that we currently find ourselves in. And we think to ourselves, will I ever arrive at that place? Will I ever get there? But if you understand how God works in your life through the seasons of your life, then you don't get disillusioned in the present season, but that you can get perspective on where you are so that you can be prepared for what it is that God has for you in your future. Our idea of fruitfulness is never-ending productivity. Can I hear a good amen? I don't know anyone in this room that's in their bedroom at late at night just interceding for weeping and gnashing of teeth and seasons of suffering in their life. I don't know anyone in this room that'd be doing it. If you are, come down, we'll pray for you and cast that demon out. All right? There'd be no one. No one is praying, Lord, I just want to suffer for you. I mean, just bring it on. No one's doing that. We're all there going, God, I thank you for favor and blessing and grace and doors opening. And, and we want the prophet to prophesy favor and grace and door. We, that's what we're believing for. That's our idea. But the reality is God's idea of fruitfulness is not never-ending productivity. It's seasons. And every season has a purpose in our life. If God answered all of your prayers instantly, you would never learn some things about yourself and about life and about God that you only learn as you go through the seasons. God is not just committed to answering your prayers. I wish he would more all the time, but the reality is he is not just a genie in the sky who you shoot up three wishes and he grants them to you and that's his whole role in your life. No, he is committed to relationship with you in the seasons of your life. I mean, you talk to a farmer. Uh, occasionally I find myself preaching in churches that may be in regional rural areas and, and you, you meet people from every uh, different background and, and occupation and vocation. You talk to a farmer and he'll tell you every season is needed for harvest. You just can't have spring and summer. You need uh, autumn and you need winter and you need spring and you need summer in order to have harvest because there are certain seasons where you've got to sow to, to believe in other seasons to reap. And so every season in our life life is just as in the natural, so as in the spiritual. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.1, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And while God is the author and the perfecter of seasons in our lives, we have got to partner with Him in the season that we actually find ourselves in. It's so important to identify the season that God has you in. Uh, because if you don't, ignorance of your season will produce disillusionment in you. I remember as an intern, I'd preach a few times and back in the days when they recorded messages on tape. That's going back, baby. And, and, and I remember that I had a bunch of tapes there and the church ran a conference and I said to the pastor, hey, pastor, let's, uh, you'd be okay if I sell some tapes. And he just looked at me with loving, loving pastoral eyes 
I've had a lot of those eyes over the time. <laughs> Loving pastoral wisdom and says, son, I appreciate your heart. There's coming a season where that will happen for you, but this is not your season. And I was trying to expect or produce something in a season that actually wasn't ordained by God for me. But if you know the season that God has you in, and you align the right action and the right expectation with the right season, not only will you uh, not be disillusioned when something doesn't happen in the season that you're expecting, but you will maximise it for the purpose that God's ordained that season for in your life. Every season has a purpose. Sometimes I think we try to do more than the season that we're actually in. Have you ever done that? And you know, one of the reasons why we try to do more is often because we're looking at someone else's season. We're comparing our season to someone else's season. Thank God for social media, but social media is not very helpful sometimes because what you can do is look at someone's highlight reel on Instagram or highlight reel on Facebook or highlight you know, idea on Twitter and go, wow, they're just leading the most amazing life. This is just amazing. And you start to compare your journey to someone else's journey and you say, well, they've got that. Why aren't, don't I have that? And you start to get, insecure but when you compare your season to someone else's season it only ever results in two things one it either results in pride because you start to think that you're further down the road than someone else or it results in condemnation on yourself because you start to feel inferior to what someone else has but if you just keep your eyes on Jesus in your season in what God has called you to in where you find yourself right now in your season, the seasons will take care of itself. Don't get caught up in what somebody else is doing or what some other church is doing down the road or what some other ministry is going or a business or whatever it is that you're into, your passion, your dream, your vision. Don't get caught up because you, God is absolutely more committed to your harvest and your fruitfulness than you are. What He is wanting us to do is to position ourselves in a place where we maximize the purpose for whatever season we find ourselves in. Seasons contain certain restrictions. There are certain boundary lines and boundary events. You can't just graduate from one season into the next. You have to simply embrace the lessons that you need to learn in every season. And I would encourage you, don't over-project what you can do in one season. And don't under-project what you can do in multiple seasons. What Activate is doing now, 10 years, we weren't doing at the start with 13 people in a lounge room, believe me. We didn't have a building. We didn't have the great cafe. We didn't have the influence in the community. We were 13 people in a lounge room, no money and a whole lot of passion and a whole lot of vision. But there was nothing much more than that. But look what God has done in multiple seasons. And if he's done this in 10 years, what is he going to do in the next 10 years? right? You'll be further along, buildings will be too small and you'll be multiple services and moving out and expanding and looking for all that God has for you. So sometimes we can overproject what God can do in one year, but we can underproject what God wants to do in five years. What we've got to do is simply posture and position ourselves to be expectant, whether it's winter season or summer season. 
Are you as animated in winter seasons as you are in summer seasons? I love what Pastor Ben said. Anybody can praise God when your bank account is full. Can I hear a good amen? Uh, uh, we're, all, we're all loving Jesus when it's all going well. But we've got to stay animated and expectant and full of faith, even in seasons of pruning and cutting. I remember back in 2005, I was on staff at a great church and I needed some clarity around what God was doing in my life at that time and trying to understand the season that I'm in. A prophet came and prophesied over my wife and I, there'll be three seasons that will repeat themselves in your life. A season of pruning, a season of preparation, a season of productivity. He said, these three will cycle over continually in your life. And just when you think that you're in a season of harvest and productivity, you'll go back into a season and a pruning. It got a little bit depressing. And, and I was like, okay, uh, because our idea again is that we arrive there and live there. But life is a journey. Life is seasons. And, and, and so I, I've just observed that as I travel around, last year I preached 311 times last year. Yep. <laughs> it was a big one. And I'm not saying that the boast. I'm saying that I need, I need a break and 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 this year it's like I'm trying to hold it back and and it's just going ballistic but let me tell you as I travel around and do and observe churches and people and, and I'm not the only one who goes through those seasons of pruning preparation and productivity everyone in this room does Every church does. Every member of the body of Christ does. And so let's break these seasons down briefly and understand their purpose in our life. First of all, the first season is pruning. Pruning is where God cuts off of you what you don't need. Listen in, this is so important. Pruning is where God cuts off of you what you don't need for the seasons ahead. In verse 2 of John 15, Jesus is speaking and he says, Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away, he cuts. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Here's the lesson to learn from Jesus' little teaching here. Whether you produce fruit or not, you're going to get cut. I mean, whether you like it or not, you're going to get cut. If you're fruitful and you're producing fruit that brings glory to God, making a difference in people's lives, and it's at that fruit, how do we define fruit? Well, it's very uh, uh, subjective in many ways and is, is personal and related to our own intimacy and obedience to God. But whether you're producing fruit or you're just living for yourself and you could care less about anyone else or the kingdom, or etc., you are going to get cut. I would rather get cut for producing fruit that lasts for eternity, makes a difference in people's lives and so that I can become more fruitful than get cut off because I'm not contributing anything of eternal value in anybody's life. And so I, I began to think about horticulture because this whole passage is about horticulture and because I'm a massive horticulturalist <laughs> and I have expert knowledge every day I'm out there and, and it's horticulture right? My wife would tell you not. And, and, and I, I decided, you know what, because I lack prophetic revelation about horticulture, I'll consult Google. And so when I consulted Google, so if you're a preacher teacher in the room and you lack revelation on something, just consult Google, it'll help you. And, and, and so I consulted Google 
And it's amazing what I discovered about pruning in horticulture. Now, when I read this out to you, don't hear it as in, in the natural, as in gut. Hear it, the spiritual metaphor in it for what God does when he prunes us. Here it is. Pruning is the selective removal of parts of a plant not needed. It involves the cutting of branches shorter or off altogether. The reason for it is it removes dead wood and prepares the plant for a harvest of both a quality and a quantity of fruit. Pruning prevents breakage under the weight of external elements and pruning will ultimately determine the productivity and longevity of the fruit. Let me tell you, Google will preach. Right? All of that is what God is doing in the season of pruning in your life. He's, he's building strength in you to carry extra weight when the external elements of life come against you. He's cutting dead wood off of you. Listen, if you are holding on to something that God is trying to take out of your life, let go. Because let me tell you, God has something better for you than what you are holding on to. And often what we are doing is we're holding so tightly onto that one thing. And there are some things in life you do need to hold on to. There are some things in life you have got to have a resolve and a relentless grip on. But there are other things in life that we're trying to hold on to things. And God's like, will you just let go of that? I'm trying to prune that off of you. That attitude, that relationship, that could be a job, that, that, that partnership, that this, that, that. And, and you're like, you know what? Oh, no, I don't want that to leave. But God's like, you can't see. Well, I've got something better for you. And while you're holding on to this, your hands aren't open to receive the bigness of what God wants to bring into your life. All of us have got to let go of things in order to embrace the seasons that God has for us in the coming days. And you have got to have confidence that whatever God has pruned off of you, you didn't need for the seasons ahead. Some of us think, I need it, I need it. And God's like, no, you don't. Just let it go because I've got another purpose and a plan for them and this and that. And, and I'm telling you, if you will step into, in, into the purpose of God with a confidence that whatever He's exited, whatever has exited from your life you didn't need, it'll free you up to embrace what God has for you in the future. I remember when we were, at our, uh, when we were leading the church and uh, I started to pray to God about uh, uh, getting a house for our family and we were renting a property paying way too much money in rent and saying God we've got to get into a house and how do we do that I'm running down the road and God says to me speaks to me clear as day and says uh, downsize to upsize and I said I rebuke that in Jesus name I want to upsize to upsize there's no such thing as downsize upsize what is this and, and, and so I, that was a word from the Lord I rebelled on that for 12 months and nothing moved I did everything I could to try and make this happen. And God was trying to cut something off of my life in order to bless me. But I didn't want it. I just wanted to keep going from glory to glory in the house market, right? But, but that's not how it works. And, and so I, I, eventually I came around, got out of my little rebellious tantrum and said, okay, uh, about that up, a downsize to upsize. And, and so we moved, you know the story, we, some of you, we moved our family to a, an old Bible college out the middle of nowhere and nothing. And we're out there and, and I'm like, God, what are we doing here? I mean, it's, what the heck is going on? My wife and I are looking at each other. The kids are looking at us we're looking at them and there's no kitchen there's no this there's no that what are we doing but do you know in the two years that were there God completely transitioned our entire life and ministry 
I tell you, I am living in the upsized purpose of God right now because of being willing to allow Him to cut things off of my life that I was reluctant at, that I struggled with. I want to tell you today how you respond to the pruning process will determine how long you stay in it. Don't respond with a rebellious, negative attitude. Israel could have spent 11 days to get from Egypt to the promised land. They took 40 years because they didn't respond well in the pruning process. And they had to have a whole generation cut off of them in order to embrace what God has for them. You've got to look past the pruning to the purpose behind it and realize that God is moving you into preparation. Season two is preparation. Preparation is where, where God adds to you what you do need. Pruning is where God cuts off of you what you don't need. Preparation is where God adds to you what you do need. The Bible says in verse four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Henry us know, none of us ever just arrive. There is no such thing as an overnight success uh, in life or in the kingdom of God. I remember the great um, musician and artist, John Mayer, uh, when he arrived on the scene, so to speak, everyone's like, oh, it's an overnight success. Where has this guy come from? What they got no idea is that for nearly a decade of his young life, he had spent in a bedroom plucking his guitar, writing lyrics and singing. Now, I would question the mental health of sitting in your room for a decade, plucking your guitar, writing lyrics and singing, but the dude was putting work in before anyone ever noticed him. And in the kingdom and in life, there's no such thing as an overnight success. You don't just plan a church and overnight it explodes to 5,000 people or 1,000 people. Very few stories of that around the world. 99.9% of churches and businesses and families and everything that's planted starts as a small seed. But over time, as you are prepared in the presence of God and in the presence of coaches and mentors and godly men and women, it grows and it grows until eventually you're ready for harvest. Because if the harvest came the first time you opened the doors of your business, first time you opened the doors of the church, you'd be overwhelmed, wouldn't cope, it'd collapse in a week or a month or a year, and you wouldn't be able to sustain the glory that God actually has for you. I'm preaching now, and I tell you that God is actually trying to get you ready for the harvest that He wants to bring into your life. You know, between the ages of 12 and 30 years, Jesus went through the silent years. They call it silent years because we got no idea what on earth went, went on in his life. All we know is that he grew in favour and stature with God and man. And, and, and what happens in a season of preparation is that you're growing in a, into the, a, a favour and stature with God and with man. There are two key people that you need to spend time with uh, in a season of preparation. It's time in the presence of God. And it's time in the presence of a coach or a mentor that will be a voice in your life that will speak to you and help you and encourage you and get you ready for what He has for you. And this is the great thing about these two seasons, pruning, preparation. God does not prune you and He doesn't prepare you if He doesn't want to produce a harvest through you. He wants to bring a harvest through you. Productivity is where God produces fruit or God releases fruit through you that, that is evident of the work that He's already done in you in the previous seasons. 
That's what productivity is. Jesus said in verse 8, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Do you realise that fruit is one of the indicators that we belong to Jesus? Another one of the indicators or marks that we belong to Jesus is our love for one another. That's why God prioritises relationship over the function of a task. That's why church, when it gets about a task and not relationship, it breaks down. And I want to encourage you, keep building the value of community and relationship in the house and in your own walk and relationship with God and you'll always be attractive to the world. People are not attracted in the world to just the task of doing church. People are drawn and attracted to this beautiful thing called relationship. Vertical, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind. Horizontal, love your neighbour as yourself. That's The church is supposed to embody that. And where we forget that and where you get isolated and disconnected from the community of the church, you cease being the church. You become an organisation, you become something else. We are the family of God. We're the church of God. We're not an organisation. There are certain organisational things we do, but our, our Heavenly Father is building a family. And so the fruit that you produce within the family is connected to the source that you are connected to. And so we've got to be plugged into the source of the Spirit of God, the source of fruitfulness. If you've de-plugged, unplugged, just plug back in today. Just plug back in. Don't, don't, Don't think it's all over, it's all done. Just plug back in. Say, God, you're the source of fruitfulness. I may be in a, you may be in a season of pruning. You may be in a season of preparation. But that's not God's intention for you to live there. He's achieving a purpose in that to bring you into harvest and productivity. God's job is to be the gardener. Our job is to stay connected. If you just stay connected and you stay faithful and you stay expectant, God will produce fruit through you. You know, 15 years, 15 years after I received that word about ministry to the nations begins with ministry to the chairs. One Monday morning, I'm in Singapore and I found myself preaching. I preached there all weekend and and I woke up and the pastor calls me and says, son, I want to meet you for lunch. God's spoken to me about you. I turn up for lunch and the church I was preaching for is one of six and a half thousand churches around the world within this particular movement. And he looked at me and he said, son, God's spoken to me. He, he, this guy was the 2IC of this whole movement. He rang his president that morning, the president of the movement, and, and, and talked about my ministry. And he said, son, the Lord's spoken to me. We've got to open up our entire movement to you. I'm like, really? What, what, what's this about? In my head, I'm thinking, what's this about? And he says, not only that, but we know you've written a few books. We want to take your books. We want to translate them into Bahasa. We want to, Indonesian, we want to uh, publish them and print them for free. And wherever you go and minister, we'll distribute them and we'll give you 70% of the profits. I'm like, really? 
Then he says, not only that, but when you land in Jakarta this week, I want you to speak on our TV show. And I'm thinking it's like a little 80s VCR out the back in the youth hall. And I'm like, you know, okay. And I want you to do, I want you to preach four times. We're going to film four sermons in four episodes. And then we're going to interact talk show light. And I said, how many people tune into your TV show? He goes, he goes conservatively, 25 million people across Indonesia. So I had to pick my gob up, up, up off the floor. And as I'm there, I'm thinking, Lord, what is this about? You know, all I could hear in my spirit, ministry to the nation, son, begins with ministry to the chairs. I told you that 15 years ago, and I am always faithful to my word. And you have responded, son, in the seasons of pruning and preparation. Now, son, enjoy harvest. I'm telling you, God is a good God. He's a good Father. It's not about me, it's about Him. It's not about you, it's about Him. He has a purpose and an intention to bring you into harvest, to bring you into a place of blessing. But you have got to posture yourself and respond right in the seasons that you find yourself in, in order for this to become a reality in your life. And listen, if this is God's intention for the church, it's God's intention for you as an individual. Because you, we are one body made up of many members. And often when we think about when someone comes and brings a word to the church, we're like, well, that's great for the pastors and that's great for the building and that's great for, you know, the ministry we're doing out there. But what about me? No, you don't understand. When God comes and brings something to the house, He brings it to you because you are planted in the house. And so if His intention and His heart is for you to walk into harvest and productivity, no matter what season you're in right now, then you can by rights and by the Word of God, stand on that Word and say, God, I thank Thank you for harvest. I thank you for productivity in my business, in my marriage, in my family, in every area of my life. Why? Because I'm coming under the covering of that Word, that anointing, that blessing. I'm planting myself in that Word and that Word will not return void. And when you get that spirit and you get that heart about you, God says, you're ready. You're ready. So I want to invite you to stand with me today. Trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.